when one of my daughters was born, uh, she came out and she was <laughs> she started to yell. Uh, and it was something that was disturbing. It was like, and I'd seen some of the other kids get upset when they were born. And so uh, the midwife held her and I held her, but she kept crying. And I remember at the time thinking like, gosh, is, I even asked the midwife, is there something wrong? And she said, oh no, you know, some kids, some kids are like that. And we found that that, uh, her temperament really revealed itself right away when, when she was born. And my wife is uh, pretty intuitive. She picks up things. And she noticed that when she took that particular baby and she would swaddle her and you know put her in blankets, but swaddle her tightly, that she would be bound up. And you would think, because this child was like her arms are going all over, you would, you would think that she wanted freedom. But when she was swaddled tightly, she would actually begin to relax. And Maria said, like, gosh, do you realize with her, she, she, needs, she needs to be swaddled tightly. Well, that continued on uh, in her life that she was somebody who boundaries was, was an issue for her. And for her, she was always just like a little one pushing the boundaries. She was our child who literally would, you know, most of our kids would, would sneak away from us and, and would look back to see if we, if we saw them and they wouldn't go too far, but not this one. <laughs> she would, she would kind of wait till we had looked another direction and she would begin to sneak off. And, and when I would catch her doing that, I would notice her. She would never look back. She would just keep going. And so we, we would have an alert. It's like, okay, she's gone again. And so we'd look throughout the house, go around uh, the outside of the house and then the neighborhood. And there were a few times that she got, you know, like a couple hundred yards away from the house. And so I thought for sure, this is the child who's going to put us in jail. And people are going to say, aren't you watching this child? It's like, I am trying to watch this child. And this child, she just wants to go explore and she wants to be, uh, be a way to find what she can find. Well, when it came to parenting her, there was really this challenge because she pushed boundaries so much that uh, I, I was I was frazzled. I was like, I can't I can't get this child to stop. And so I would spank her, and I would say, Okay, you know, sweetheart, like you you I told you not to do it. You did it, and you're, you're going to get a spank. Well, it ended up that I was spanking her a lot, and uh, and it usually got worse at night when it was time to go to bed, and she <laughs> she she didn't want to go to bed. And so I remember one particular night where I was just, I was thinking to myself, I have spanked this child more than any of the others. Like this obviously isn't working. Wake up, wake up, dad. This, this, this isn't working. And so uh, as she was, uh, she was laying in bed, I said, okay, like you're not supposed to, it was almost as if I said, see this line here, don't cross it. And then she'd put her hand across and say, that line, is that the one you mean? I was like, I can't, like, why did you do that? I just told you I'm going to have to give you a consequence if you don't do what I'm saying. And you immediately don't do what I'm like, why are you doing this? And she said, I don't know. Um, and so like, I'd have to give her consequence. So in exasperation at some point, I was just like, okay, Lord, I don't know what more to do with her. Like these consequences aren't working. And so, uh, as, so she, as she was laying there frustrated and she was crying and she's like, I don't know why I do this. Um, I said, okay, you know, roll on, roll on your belly. And I started rubbing her back and I, and I, and I was, uh, kind of massaging out her back and, uh, and it was quiet. The lights were off. And as, as I was doing that, normally she was just like bouncing all over the place. But uh, in this moment, like I, but I didn't usually give her a massage. I was massaging her back and all of a sudden she began to relax. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is a high strung child. I can't believe she's relaxing. And within like under five minutes, she fell asleep. And I remember thinking, what just happened? Like, this has never happened before. Like usually the, the bedtime routine is 30 minutes and she just like, she ramps up, she doesn't s settle down. And then I remembered her as a little one and how Maria had said, she needs to be swaddled tightly. And when she's swaddled tightly, um, that's when she feels comfortable. That's when she feels uh, that, that she's loved. 
And so uh, I start thinking about and reflecting on the power of touch, uh, especially in her life, but in, in our lives. And there was a story I heard about a missionary in Vietnam. So after the Vietnam War, uh, he said that there were that there were women who had lost their husband and had seen such horrible things that they were like in desperation. They were desolate and they weren't even, they weren't working and they weren't taking care of their own children. So their own children were, were going around not even being fed. And this missionary was just struggling. Like, how do I get these, these women like back into life? They're, they're almost outside of themselves. And so he came up with the idea of Get, of teaching them how to do manicures and pedicures for each other. And so that's what they started to do. They started doing manicures. And there was a miraculous thing that happened that when they got that close to another woman to be able to do her nails and to be able to uh, do uh, do her, her, her toes and to, to do a pedicure, um, there was the touch that was happening between them and the, the intimacy of where some conversation started. And then through that ministry of just having them do manicures and pedicures, they started to come into themselves again, and they started to uh, to be able to be like normal people in society and take care of their children, and just the power of touch in their lives. And it reminds me of another story of a of a friend of mine who's a Christian brother and a teacher. And there was a young a young boy who was brought into one of his classes, and the mother pulled him aside and said, "I believe it was Tourette syndrome. He had some kind of." Uh, of difficulty where like he would literally chirp or make a noise in the middle of class. He'd just go, ah, and, and, and like everybody look at him and, and then a little bit of time would pass and he'd go, ah, and he'd make another noise. And it was so distracting. Um, and this Christian brother, he, he told me he thought about it and he said, well, I'm gonna try this. So what he would do is as he was teaching his lessons, he would walk around the class and he would always go by that young boy's desk and he would just put his hand on, on the young boy's shoulder and then he would con- and just do it very, you know, indiscreetly. And then he would continue walking around. So he was always walking around during the lessons. And what he noticed is that if he continued to touch that little boy, just, just a little contact uh, on, his, on his back, you know, like every few minutes, the boy didn't chirp during class. It was like amazing the, the power of touch that really helped uh, settle, settle him down. So I think also in my own life, when uh, my son Daniel, my my second son was born, he was so cute. He was pudgy uh, and a big old mop of hair on his head. And I would come home from work and I would uh, uh, and I would just kiss his little cheeks and I would squeeze him and I'd you know rough house with him. And I remember at some point I was like uh, I was kissing him, kissing him, kissing him. And I thought, gosh, like I wonder if I should be doing this. I wonder if this is wrong that, that I should you know like is something going to happen to this child if I if I kiss him that much? And it's like no, like God made them cute and cuddly and and like they're made for touch and even uh, doctors have talked about there's a different way in which we as dads play with our kids kind of rough housing and such that is different from the from the tenderness in a way that that a woman is going to interact with a child and we're actually stimulating their uh their their you know different points on their body and it's it's actually helpful and great for them and helps them to grow and so like one of the fun things that i would do <laughs> with uh the kids is i would um especially when they're really little is i would say okay stand up straight and put your put your arms up in the air like superman and then i would get a hold of their uh, their thighs and I would lift them up and, and as long as I say you look at the ceiling so that they don't bend in half and so I would lift them straight up to touch the ceiling and when they're touching the ceiling I would pretend like I drop them I just let go and then I would I would grab them right before they hit the ground and they loved it it was like a it was like a, a roller coaster ride or something so um, 
so there was there was there's something powerful and good about that interaction about that touching and it just affirms them it's like that they're they're good and that they're that they they know that like they've been touched um and as my as my kids started getting older i wasn't in a family where we touched a lot and my wife wasn't either and so I started to realize, especially with my one daughter, the power of you know rubbing her back. I started thinking, you know what? Like, what am I doing? Uh, I like I'm not touching my sons and my daughters, and I need to be reaching out and and touching them more. And so, like, I started to do that a little bit with the older kids, and they're like, Dad, you know, like we don't touch. <laughs> so that didn't work too well. And I thought, well, um, I'm going to like I'll do some things with them. But then I started with with the little kids. Like, I let me. I continued even when they were a little bit older that when I bless them every night before they go to bed, I give them a kiss on the cheek and then they give me a kiss on the on the cheek. And so there's like two halves of the family where I was more physically affectionate with the younger kids than I was with the older kids. And it was re- it's really powerful because we have a warmer, literally a warmer relationship that happens through that touch. So I can't recommend that strongly enough. And it was awkward a little bit um, at first with the younger ones, but they got right into it. It was like they were hungry for it. And uh, and the older ones, like it continued to be awkward. And so it's like, well, I could do some other things with them, but I couldn't, like I had lost my opportunity to really be more affectionate uh, with them in a way that, that could be pretty pretty powerful. So, uh, and if you look at uh, the the power of that, even in in our Lord's life with, with Jesus, when he's walking through the crowd and a woman touches him and he says, who touched me? Power went out from him. And so there's power in the touch for the person who touches and for the one who's receiving a touch. And we see that as well in in the sacraments. You've got the sacrament of baptism. And in the beginning of that, we're supposed to trace the sign of the cross over our child's head. And that like the parents do it and the and the um uh the sponsors will do it, uh do it as well, the godparents. And so, and there's something very tangible about touching that child and for that child to know I have been touched. And then it continues on through the the sacraments. You look at communion, like we actually receive physically the the host. And so this is, even though it looks like bread, it's actually the the flesh of, of Christ. And we're receiving that on our tongue and consuming God, like we're partaking in the divine nature spiritually, but also in this in this mystical, physical way, like it's amazing how incarnate uh, that God is. So, and then uh, you go on from there to confession. Uh, in confession, you really don't, um, you know, it's you're not touching the priest and the priest isn't touching you. There might be an emotional touch that happens or spiritually something happens. I know when I was a little boy and I would go to confession, uh, there were many times where like after that, like I could feel like the priest and it was, we usually did it in my school behind a screen and the priest would absolve me from my sins. And there were many times I had felt this sensation. I was like, wow, there it is again. Like uh, something was happening and there was a like a, a physical response um, at that blessing. But in our family, like we, we did something because of confession in our family that has been so powerful for uh, for my children and for my, my wife and I, is that when we offend each other, which happens a lot, <laughs> you know, welcome to humanity. Um, uh, what we do is we go, when we forgive each other, we go through this a similar formula to what happens in confession. And so like uh, recently it, it happened where one of my daughters uh, got mad at and yelled at another one. And um, and so what happened is that they were in the car and I had them get out of the car. And the first one had to say to the second, like, I'm sorry, you know, Vivian for hitting you. 
And so you have to say, I, you have to speak. You can't just say, sorry. You say, I, you speak it. You, you acknowledge it. I am sorry. And then you state the other person's name. I'm sorry, Vivian. And then you state what you did. I'm sorry, Vivian, for hitting you. And then um, Vivian needs to respond to that. And, and then she says, you know, uh, you're forgiven, Mercedes. And then after that, part of the formula is uh, that they have to, and I did this more when they were little kids, <laughs> they would have to hug each other. So they had to touch each other because usually they're ticked off at each other. And there's something powerful about getting close to another person when you're angry. It's hard to continue to be angry when you're hugging somebody. And so uh, they would have to hold each other and they would usually just like be all upset and hold each other. And I'd say, now you have to laugh. You have to giggle. And they'd be like, I, I hate this. I'm like, well, then you can't let go of each other until you giggle. And so they would go, ha, 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 ha. And usually when their little bellies start uh, rubbing against each other as they're laughing, they, they would start giggling. That didn't work for too long. As they got older, older, they would pride themselves on how well they could fake laugh and not uh, and not giggle and go into laughter. Like, are we done yet, Dad? It's like, yes, yes, you are done. Um, but that formula for forgiveness is really powerful, and it's uh, and it's worked well in our family because because you're you're claiming what you did wrong. You're asking for forgiveness. And I had one parent ask me. They said, "Well, what if I don't feel like I want to forgive?" And I would say, well, you know what? You got to understand that forgiveness is in the will. It's an act of the will. It's not an act of the feeling. It's wonderful when you feel uh, that that you want to forgive someone, but forgiveness is an act of the will. And so, our, so when the kids are like, well, I'm not ready to to uh, receive their forgiveness, it's like, well, sorry. Um, like God always forgives. If you turn to Him, He will forgive. And we're going to imitate him. And so even if you're not feeling that you want to forgive them, you choose to forgive them. And then the fruit, oftentimes the feelings come after. And so we don't lead with our feelings in that time. We lead with our will and with uh, forgiveness. Uh, and I'd also heard like even in uh, for a marriage, like if you're really having a tough time with your spouse, hold hands. But again, when you're holding hands, it's difficult for you to, to maintain anger. Uh, another sacrament in the sacrament of marriage. I mean, like we know the power of touch in marriage. Marriage is ratified through speaking the vows, but it becomes indissoluble when you consummate the marriage. So you need that touch in order for the for the marriage to become indissoluble. So it's like it's a power. It's amazing that we're the, the power of touch in our life. And I, I'll I'll say that like with confirmation or holy orders, there's literally a laying on of hands. There's the power of touch in those sac sacraments, confirmation and holy orders. That's that's really clear. And so like we're made we're made for touch. At least we're made spirit and uh, we're made spirit and flesh, like the two go together. And again, how many miracles did, did Jesus not reach out and, and touch somebody, like the, the, uh, the person who was blind and he got the mud and he put it and he rubbed it in their eyes, like he, he touched them. Um, and, and, like, and then he, so you just get this sense of, of the power that happens with, with touch. I have a psychologist friend who, uh, who talks about uh, he said, because I've told him at times, I'm like, I've like, I've struggled with some of my my children when they're when they're really having a tough time. And he said, remember to touch them, remember to like reach out and just like you know, if 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 they're not angry, like if they're angry, they often don't want you to touch them. But um, if they're if they're upset and they just need a little bit of consolation, you know, you reach out and you touch them, and you're literally helping them in some ways, kind of get back get back a hold of themselves because you're holding them, like they get back into their body. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but there, there's a way in which it grounds a person and it creates a connection between me and them when you touch. So from a parenting standpoint, it's powerful to 
uh, to touch our kids. And it creates a calmness in them. I actually, before I recorded this episode, I was walking uh, through the house and uh, my daughter was doing some gymnastic move and I came over and I just put my hand on her back and I give her a little hug and she just like beamed this big smile. So there was something that was exchanged between us because I didn't just walk by and say, hey, you know, I, 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 I touched her. And uh, when I touched her, gave her a little hug. I mean, it, like it brought joy. It brings a, a connection. And my wife has also said before that there's a, there's a power, like she as a young girl, she used to love to walk outside barefoot on the gra- grass. And it would kind of like, it would make her like feel grounded. And you think, well, I, I mean, that sounds a little kind of odd, but you know, there, there's something about that, that from a, the sensation of touch uh, and even, you know, being outside like that and being able to, to enjoy barefoot being outside. Uh, another example I would talk about with touch, which was really powerful. Um, the, there was a Monsignor at our, our parish who told a story of a businessman downtown Indianapolis. And every day he would walk by the entrance to this particular business and there was there was a blind uh, beggar there uh, downtown and he had a hat out and people would throw change in. Uh, and so that's that's how that, that blind guy, that's where he would get his money to be able to uh, take care of himself. And so this businessman had seen him you know, day after day and he'd throw in uh, money. And one particular day, uh, he threw in some money and he kind of, uh, you know, had seen him, you know, day after day, knew the guy's name. And so he just reached over and he just patted him on the back and said, whatever his name was, James, you know, like, pat him on the back and said, hey, have a good day, James, as he threw some money in. And the beggar reached up and grabbed his hand. And it kind of startled the businessman. He was like, you're like, what, what's happening? And, um, and the young man and the, uh, the, the, uh, the blind man said, thank you. And the, uh, and the businessman's like, well, like, you're welcome. Um, but you're like, you're like, you're saying this with a lot more emphasis. And the beggar said, you touched me. So you realize like, wow, like he, he want, like we crave human touch. We crave that God would, that, that like parents and with other people that we are touched and that we're touching. So as a parent, like this is, this is key for us to, to know the power of touch in, um, in the lives of our children. And also for us, like we need to be touched as well. It makes us healthier, but it's, it's a powerful you know, something very, very important for us in our, in our parenting. So I'll give a suggestion. Like if you want to warm up your relationship uh, with your children, get good at back rubs and foot rubs. Um, so like I found that like even I'm tired, I'm having a tough day. Um, that like I need to, uh, I need to reach out to my children and say, Hey, you know, or sometimes I don't even say anything. I just come over and I put my hand on the back. I start rubbing their shoulders and they're like, Ooh, like, oh gosh, you know, thanks dad. And there's a warmth <laughs> that's being generated. Like this is a great way to grow in uh, communion and c- grow closer to uh, to our children, to other people. And then I'll have times where my daughters will come over and start rubbing my back. I'm like, oh boy, like I am melting in your in your hands because it, there's been an exchange. Like I've, I, I give them foot rubs. I'll give them more so back rubs uh, in our family. And I have a friend who mas- who's a massage therapist and she said that her clients will come in and she'll say, how, how you know, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm fine. And then she'll start to work on, uh, work on their back, you know, work on their arms or whatever it is. And she said, their mouth may lie, but their body never does. Always, she said, I can, I can feel the tension. We as incarnate spirit, um, as uh, spirit in flesh, uh, we hold tension in our body. And so a massage, a back rub actually helps release it, helps us 
helps us to relax and actually, um, there, you know, there's something powerful there. So I got, I can't encourage enough, like do, uh, you know, to build intimacy in your uh, relationship with your kids, also with your wife, like give, uh, like a little back rub, make sure that you're reaching out and you're, you're touching them. Cause it's, it's, it's a sign of, of an effect of affection. And it's not just a sign. It is affection. <laughs> it points to what it is. Uh, from here, I want to share with you a little bit about an episode that we did for the, the See For Yourself guide. Uh, we did the guide that's called See For Yourself uh, Dad's Bless. So I did a whole series on Dad's Blessing. And this particular one was called Powers and Superpower. Powers and, and Superpower. And there were three videos in there. The first one is from uh, The Incredibles, and it's Dash. And Dash is running around trying to avoid being uh, captured uh, along with his uh, sister Violet. But at one point, he's He's running and he comes upon water and he's like, oh my gosh, but he's running so quickly, he runs out on the water. And as he's running, he looks down and realizes that he moves so fast that he's running on the water and he goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. And, and so he's discovered this new superpower that he has. He already has the power, but he's discovered this power within him and it, and it brings him joy. And so that was one video. And I, and I did that just to give the kids an idea of like, there are these powers within us that we will discover over time that God has given us. Uh, the second video was about this uh, person who was uh, born. Uh, he he didn't have any eyes when he was born. This little this little baby. His name was Leslie Lemke, and he was just he was left at the at the hospital. The parents didn't want him. He was profoundly. It seemed like he was profoundly re- uh, retarded. He had lots of problems, and so they called. Uh, Mrs. Lemke and said, you know, nobody will take this child. Will you take this child? Because you've worked with children like this before. And so she said, I saw that little baby and and I just like I, I needed to reach out and hold this baby and take care. So she took the baby and she said, for years, uh, like this baby, like it, it didn't it didn't cry, it didn't uh, did like it would it would barely move. And so she started working with him. And one of the things that she would do is she would literally put his uh, his body, like his feet on her feet, and she would walk with him because he couldn't see. And so she used touch to to move his body so he could feel like what it was to walk. And she said at age 11, she put him up against a, a fence um, and he started to move on his own for the first time. He was a scrawny little thing and he started to move. Well, he eventually learned to, to walk. The story goes on. It's amazing how much this mother just working with this child, uh, and I won't, I won't steal it. Uh, there, there's an amazing thing that happened at the end of that video. Um, the third video was a video about a military dad coming home and he uh, what came into what happened is his daughter was in an assembly and she was playing uh, in the in the band and then she was supposed to read this introduction to a military um, person and so as she was reading the introduction she started realizing wow this sounds a lot like my dad and then sure enough her dad is the one she's introducing who walks in and uh, and she just she tears up and she just gives him a big hug and he had been away for, you know for so long and there's that fear you know in the military is my dad gonna is my dad gonna come home and so it was such a touching. Uh, video and you see the power in this case just the power of the father's influence on the daughters like wow you know like there's a way in which our parents can touch us that's different from any other especially at that age so it was powerful and all three of those I'm, I'm trying to set up the power of dads to bless but just the power that dads have dads have and the power that different powers that God has given us and then at the end there was an activity that was um, uh, talking about, the uh, you know do you have you do you have any examples of incredible powers that you've seen and so I shared a, a story of uh, my 
uh, my sister-in-law's brother, who I went to high school with him, and uh, I was walking out of math, math class, and he walked in, and my math teacher said, do you know David? And I was like, yeah, I know David. She said, do you know that like he's a human calculator? And I was like, David, are you a human calculator? And he kind of laughed, and she said, you know, Michael, try him. And, I, and, she, and she said, he can multiply three, you know, two and three digit numbers in his head. And I was like, okay, David. And I, you know, I knew him, but I didn't know he could do this. And I said, okay, you know, you know, 25 times 128. And he thought about it. I'm going to make up the numbers. And he said something like, whatever, you know, 4,556. And she said, look, my teacher said, look, you know, look on the calculator. And so I did. It was like the right number. She said, do three number by three numbers. So I said, okay, you know, like 756 times 852. And he goes, um, uh, you know, whatever it was, you know, 56,421. Um, and I looked and it was true. And so like I shared it with the kids and the kids like, like, that's amazing. I was like, it was amazing. Like I couldn't believe it. And so whenever I would see David, I'm like, can you still do that? And it's like, yep. Yeah. And I said, how do you do that? And he kind of told me, but it didn't completely make sense. Um, but it was an example of like these, again, of power. And I wanted the kids to get the idea that there are powers sometimes that you can't see, but people have, or that you have. And it was a setup to, Teach, uh, teach my children about the power of blessing that, that dads have. So remember, the key to success in parenting is threefold. Consistent attention towards our kids, consistent attention, affection, and truth. They need to know what is true. The secret to success with the See for Yourself guides are, first of all, number one, do it weekly. Do it weekly. When we don't do critical things weekly, we don't do them at all. When we don't do critical things weekly, we don't do them at all. Number two, 15 minutes. You can do a guide in as little as 15 minutes. We keep our word to God when we fulfill our duty to train our children in the faith. We keep our word to God when we fulfill our duty to train our children in the faith. And then three, look for the good in your kids. (laughs) You will see for yourself that there is more growing there than you can hope or imagine. So, Father, grant us a right faith, a sure hope, a perfect charity, and a profound humility. 